As we look toward 2024, what issues might affect what generally continues to be a hot market for pre-owned business aircraft? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan, brought to you by Varion. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. No matter what you may be expecting in 2024, it promises to be an interesting year, especially with the U.S. presidential election looming. But how might that and other economic, social, and geopolitical factors affect the market for business aircraft? And should we expect a slump in demand after several years of record sales? To answer those questions and offer their thoughts on the year ahead, I'm joined today by three well-known names in our industry. Janine Yannarelli is founder and president of Paravion. Rolly Vincent is president of Roland Vincent's Associates and creator-director for JetNet IQ. And Mike Dwyer is managing partner at Guardian Jet. And Mike, before we look to the new year, in what ways did the pre-owned business aircraft market meet your expectations in 2023? And was there anything that surprised you? There wasn't a lot of surprises, but I would say I was lucky. Here's what I predicted at the start of the year. We know that we've already come off the, the summit and the prices were falling and prices that had increased precipitously. We didn't know the slope of the line of the decline. Of course, nobody did. Here's what we did say that in hindsight sounds smart. We said, we think we're going to go back to, if we went up 30%, for example, we think we're going to go back to the old, more typical annual fair market value depreciation of, you know, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 in older equipment because we saw so many positive indicators, the biggest of which, when we talk about 24, is still there, is the backlog of the manufacturers. So if you look at the new buyer, they, they tend to have very good equipment that they're trading in against new. And so with the backlogs already stretched out, you know, through the end of 23 and into 24, we felt like all of 23 would have a very steady supply of a strong inventory to purchase. There'd been a lot of volatility and a lot of talk of recession a year ago, but the Dow is still at an all-time high. It's at an all-time high now. So at the beginning of 23, we said, we hope we've come back to normal times and reset at a much higher bar. And that's what we think happened. If there were any surprises, it's that pricing hung in as long as it did. We kept saying that pricing was very stubborn in its decline for the year. Janine, what do you find most different about the current market as we look toward 2024 versus where we were at this time last year? I think the first observation that even the casual observer would notice is the increase of inventory. Not that the inventory is excessive in the vast majority of the models that I cover, but it's still, there are choices, whereas at the end of 22, there were no choices. Even going into Q1 of 23, very limited in what you might be willing to select. I don't think 23, first half of the year, was a surprise for me. It's really Q4 that's a bit of a surprise, that there's not quite the transactional volume that I expected to see after three relatively quiet quarters. Why do you think that's been the case, Janine? Well, markets, regardless of what you're trading in, 
don't like uncertainty. And we have filled 23 with quite a bit of uncertainty from geopolitical instability in certain regions of the world, the Q1 shockwave in tech sector banking, just a number of different things that cause buyers to take a deep breath. And in absence of a real need to purchase something, whatever the driver may be, whether it's tax consequences or their own transportation needs, they're choosing to sit on the sidelines and take a watch and see attitude. Rolly, one of the key drivers of the market at the end of 2022 was the backlog for deliveries of new aircraft. If you needed a business aircraft now, pre-owned was pretty much your only option. Is that still the case? And do you see that situation carrying into 2024? Yes, the backlogs have stayed strong. Latest report through Q3, the big five players, that's Bombardier, Dassault, Embraer, Gulfstream, and Tektron Aviation. If you add it all up, they're sitting on a little over $50 billion, $50 billion of backlog. Now, it'll vary by manufacturer, but that's a couple of years of work. Call it 24 months of backlog. Now, is there any availability? Uh, we're seeing spotty availability coming up, meaning uh, near-term slots, if you like, delivery positions. Occasionally, you hear of them becoming available. I think that's referencing the things that Mike and Janine are, are talking about, which is really, we're seeing a little bit of change, you know, some sort of change going on in the market, a little bit of valuation adjustments, etc. And some companies that are reacting and some individuals reacting to the current challenges in the market, big picture macroeconomic stuff, geopolitical. So some near-term availability, but big picture, no real change. Two years of backlog, and that's keeping everybody pretty focused as we're here in December to try to get all these deliveries done. Coming up, what other factors might affect sales of pre-owned business aircraft in the new year? But first, this word from our sponsor. Take your aviation operations to new heights. Introducing Baryon, formerly known as ATP, your ultimate partner in achieving maximum aircraft uptime. At Baryon, we understand the challenges faced by everyone in aviation. Our industry-leading technology solutions revolutionize aircraft management, so there's no more waiting, no more wondering, and no more wasted effort. Get real-time visibility of your maintenance, inventory, operations, and regulatory data right at your fingertips with an easy-to-use system. Backed by a team of experts with deep aviation knowledge offering 24-7, 365 support. After 50 years in the business, we have built a growing reputation for getting our customers more aircraft uptime. That's why thousands of aircraft operators worldwide have already discovered the power of Varion. Say goodbye to downtime and hello to increased efficiency and profitability. Visit Varion.com to learn more. Varion, let's get you more uptime. We're back now with Janine Yannarelli, Mike Dwyer, and Rolly Vincent, and our discussion about the forecast for used business aircraft sales in 2024. Rolly, what other factors stand to affect the market for pre-owned business aircraft in the year ahead, either positively or negatively? Well, I think availability is moving back into, we're not yet there, we're still in very much a seller's market, but we are shifting back. The rebalancing is going on. It's been going on really since the peak. 2021 was the peak of this market, 2022, especially first half as well, very strong. Since then, we've been seeing less demand, but that's that's very normal. This is a cyclical market. Um, So this year, demand overall, probably down 30% versus last year. But, you know, we're talking about record 
ever years here. So coming off of that peak, you sort of expect that. What we're watching really is valuations, prices, if you like, for the assets that are available. So a little bit more inventory coming up. Uh, and it all depends on, can you find the heritage or the, you know, the property that you really want, the low time branded airplane, always kept indoors, et cetera. Those are tough. They're, they're hard to find. That's why you need professional brokers and dealers like Janine and Mike to find them for you. I agree with Raleigh's comment about when the market peaked. The 4Q22 activity just, you know, made it remarkable, more so than this year. Here's our view, without talking about macroeconomic events, is that, that our mark, the brokers, we tend to, to slow down an activity as the market changes because that's when the buyers expect lower prices. The sellers are hanging on to those record high numbers that Raleigh referred to. But as soon as we get into the transition and we're deeply into the transition, activity picks up again. So if you look at 3Q by our math, and I'd love to know what Raleigh and Janine think, but by our math, 3Q23 was a boom quarter. It's the first in six where activity increased from year to date. And so that the transaction numbers buoyed, we were doing a very brisk business. And so the first month of the fourth quarter started to slow, but again, just slow kind of back to neutral and not changing, where all through 22 transactions had been down, you know, 17, 25, 32% compared to the year before. So we're kind of bullish for the the balance of this year, because there's always 4Q stuff, I think we're trying to punch through 24 more transactions and, you know, the next, before the end of the month. And and that doesn't just include closings, that's signing agreements on new stuff. And But so we, we're expecting a very strong first quarter and we think things will do their normal little dip in January next year. But then again, we're bullish on the first half of next year because people do know what to expect from an airplane pricing perspective. I'm not talking about wars and elections. And, and again, if you look at the customers we all serve, a 36,000 point Dow is never bad for airplane sales. Great perspectives, Mike. Janine, what are your thoughts on what might affect the pre-owned business aircraft market in 2024? So I think the year is going to look more like a typical year leading up to a presidential election. I'm going to say that the election is going to be a great influencer on activity within the aviation marketplace. Historically, it has been, and I see no reason why it's going to change and maybe even more pronounced in the coming year. And part of my thoughts are resting on the tax incentives that exist or the tax changes that were made during the previous administration that are set to expire in the end of 24, beginning of 25, and how much that's going to weigh on the minds of the high net worth individuals as well as corporations. I have to agree with Mike that I think first two quarters may look good because I think there's going to be some carryover business from Q4. Again, these are transactions where the need to conclude it by the end of the year was not important to the buyer or the seller for that matter. But we could be quiet, relatively quiet. I welcome a little bit of that coming though, because it's the continued rebalancing of the marketplace, because transactions need people on both sides of the table, not just one. 
And that imbalance existed until this year. What might be a possible X factor, Janine? Something that may influence the market that isn't at the top of the news or top of mind right now? Well, not that it hasn't been talked about in the past. We just haven't discussed it here in this session, but the supply chain. What if the log jams were broken? What if the supply chain improved significantly? I mean, the immediate benefit is then the end users who are going to need to drive an aircraft into a maintenance facility, either for scheduled work or the unexpected, as well as pre-buys. But what if the manufacturers suddenly had a steady flow of what they need? My question is, does that change the outlook for delivery positions? Uh, Is the projected sales pushed out so far because it's held up due to supply chain issues? Or is it really that many buyers of new aircraft? Maybe Raleigh can answer that. When we talk about supply chain, we think of factories, we think of airplane factories, pushing airplanes out the door. And, and frankly, um, she's right. If, if we can get the wheels greased and get the supply chains and the supply networks working as they should have been by now, that could really help because that's going to free up airplanes as they come in on trade from the manufacturers doing the deals. So that would be a good scenario. Uh, supply chain, as Janine mentioned, is also an MRO factor. Think of maintenance shops uh, trying to to schedule uh, some of the work that that is being demanded of them, and and it's been a tremendous constraint on our industry and our ability really to do deals over the last uh, at least couple of years, maybe three now. Uh, one thing I want to mention too: um, book to bill performance. The manufacturers have have seen a, a decline in book to bill, as we expected, as we anticipated, down a little bit closer to one to one, meaning that orders that they're taking are matching the deliveries that they're they're putting out the door. Now, any constraint that we're seeing in terms of deliveries is actually keeping those book-to-bills a little bit above, let's call it one-to-one, one-to-one meaning a match to output to input. So we'll see. But we're expecting book-to-bills to stay a little bit above one next year. And that I think that's good news. We're going to see good volume of, of airplanes coming up through the manufactured trade-in process. Mike? So there's kind of three things, the supply chain being one. We were just visiting a manufacturer and on a 10-station line where engines were installed at station four, typically. And you saw no engines all the way through station 10. And there was even loaner engines being installed on airframes to issue certificate of airworthiness. So clearly, supply chain will continue to be something that affects our industry and our deliveries. We're seeing a tremendous increase in inquiry activity from Asia. And when I say Asia, I mean sort of the rest of the world besides China and Russia, Indonesia, Australia, even Europe's kind of very active and hasn't yet translated into, you know, significant business for us. But it's, you know, you asked about X factors, the inquiries. And then the last piece is we are in, and in this I will be specific about a manufacturer because it's pretty common knowledge, but we're in an unprecedented place where you're seeing the certification of the Gulfstream 700 delay creating a market situation that's never existed before. I don't consider it a Gulfstream problem with the aircraft. I think it's a a certification issue that made that certification process lengthier. And even if certification came this year on 
December 31st, you know, you have a significant number of aircraft sitting that are going to now almost immediately deliver. And what's that going to do in the, in the resale market for all those relinquished assets? So that's going to be a fascinating impact to what happens to, you know, the very high end of the ultra long range marketplace. Because in most cases, those 700s are replacing ultra long range equipment. That will be interesting to see how that ripple effect on the market plays out. So, Mike, in summary, where do you think the market for pre-owned aircraft will be at the end of 2024? I tend to always be bullish. I think the manufacturer backlog is so large and so healthy that even though the order pay slowed down and now, as Raleigh mentioned, we're sort of one-to-one in book-to-bill, it's coming off an unprecedented high, and you're still, in some cases, at the end of 25 and into 26. So even if that slowed down in 2024, I still see stability and good inventory out there for us to purchase. So I think we're going to be fine in 24 because where we are. Remember, my definition of healthy is a broker's perspective, meaning there's activity. As an agent for my buyers and sellers, my activity isn't a function of price. So I'm kind of bullish on 24 if I had to extend past my normal two quarters of predictions. Janine, what are your thoughts on the year ahead? I can't say that I'm going to be quite as exuberant. I would say I'm cautiously optimistic because Q4 is traditionally an active period, regardless of what the environment is, the economic environment, the political environment. And as Mike pointed out, from a broker perspective, buyers and sellers need us as the agents to guide them in an up or down marketplace. So there's always work for us. The pain is felt by the individual or the company that is selling an asset that is underwater or is otherwise challenged with trying to be sold. So I think we're going to see transactions at a steady clip. I think that to some degree, we might be rewriting the playbook on how things get done in 24, just because you could throw the playbook away for the last three years pandemic was a game changer in the world of aircraft sales. I keep reflecting on the climate activists and the bit of disruption that they've caused. And I find it rather ironic. They want to disrupt operations in the business jet sector when the business jet marketplace is the disruptors in aviation. I wonder where that's going to go in 24. And if there's finally going to be an understanding that Business aviation, and I'm going to say the United States in particular, takes the lead in innovation. And innovation has been spurred on. And I'm looking forward to see the changes that are going to come about next year. The embracing of EV tall operations, the increased production of SAF. And I'm sure all the OEMs have some sort of skunk works going on with power plant production that you know has yet to be discussed. It does feel like we're due for a major leap in propulsion technologies. Rolly, where do you think the pre-owned aircraft market will be at the end of next year? I think the big change that maybe we have not seen before as we move to this, let's call it flatter year over year kind of volume, I think we're going to see relatively similar volumes next year. I think one 
big changes. I don't think we're going to see much of a valuation change, meaning that airplane prices, uh, pre-owned and, and frankly new, I don't see a large diminution change there where, where suddenly you know, we, we start seeing fire sales. I don't see that right now. This market is robust. We've seen a step change in demand for sure since the pandemic and its recovery. Utilization, we're watching that carefully, but frankly, we've got a lot of capacity in the industry for new business models. I'm not, not worried there. I think valuations, as I said, will stay pretty strong. What has not changed, and I think it's good for our industry sector at least, is the airline experience. So the reasons people come to our, our industry and, and have been coming, uh, new people have come to the industry, I think that continues. I, I like where we stand. I think one of the challenges our industry is, is working towards is to bring new talent, new people into our industry, whether that's to work or to buy the services and products that we have on sale. So looking forward to that, uh, we have a lot of upside there. Our communication messages are important, but under, underlying all of that is just the, the realization that this is the best way to fly. And if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned business aircraft, be sure to check out the NBAA Transactions Guide for an introduction to the regulatory, tax, financial, and transactional issues that may arise during an aircraft acquisition. You can find the guide at nbaa.org forward slash transactions. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Uh, we got him inside. We're slowing back to 170.